Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Those Movie Dudes podcast. The show where we pick three critically acclaimed films we've never seen before and talk about them in podcast form. This week we go along for quite the ride as us guys hop on a research vessel with Bill Murray as he tracks down the mythical leopard shark that killed his friend in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zazu. Then, one man gets more than he reckoned for when a coffee day turns into an evening he will never forget in Martin Scorsese's After Hours. Finally, Toontown and reality collide when one man finds himself eluding the authorities alongside a cartoon rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Last week it was hot dogs, now it's chocolate milk. And I'm really hungry. Did you ever watch Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? No, but I watched Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Well, then the reference wouldn't make sense, but there was a character called Cheese, and he would always say, I love chocolate milk! Nate, did you ever have a, uh, a panheld gaming device outside of a Game Boy Advance or uh, something like that? I did not. I did not. I had those little McDonald's games. Um, oh, that is so awful sad. Yeah, just like the little Mario ones that would like break after a couple tries, but like I'm the master at them. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> um, Childhood films. Like I still cry when I watch Rugrats in Paris. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Does, be- Reptar, does Reptar turn into, like, a giant and, like, just crush the Empire State Building? Or, not that, the Paris Tower, Eiffel Tower, in that movie or something? You almost derailed it, but you saved yourself. Um, yes, Reptar <laughs> was rather large, and he did fight okay. a very large snail. Um, oh, I don't remember that part. Yeah, and, yeah, mm. it, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal movie, A+. I just, I want to, for next Halloween, I want to dress up as, uh... Uh, Tommy's mom and just goes, <laughs> Was she the one that helped? She looked like a starfish with like yeah. a haircut. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, she was Stu's awesome. Just this bumbling idiot who, I don't know, just like works out in the garage and displaces. Have his you wife heard he the direction? Have you heard the dark theory about Rugrats? No. All of the episodes of Rugrats are just thoughts and what could have happened in Stu's mind and every time he goes down to the basement to make toys he's making the toys that he would have made for his child who had passed away and so all the episodes we see are Stu going to the basement making a like a device or whatnot and then what his son and their friends would do how does that explain uh when they're all grown up yeah, they just they needed a spinoff. So now he's that's... now he's now he's just imagining them as teenagers and like they're no, they're, they're prepubescent teenagers, so like they can't actually like fall in love or anything. Yeah, they could. You never know. I'm pretty sure they had like uh, Dill fall in love with someone or have a crush on somebody at some point. Yes, uh, I just I named just... drop Dill. I don't want to think about that. Dill <laughs> pickles. <Name> Dill. <laughs> Dill pickles. Yeah. Tommy pickles. Phil and Lil Deville and Chucky Finster. I just miss Santa's little helper. I bring one beer for each movie, and I'm already down one, so we better fucking get going here. All right. Well, yeah, we could definitely get into the show if you guys are done talking about the Rugrats. But no, so yeah, we had three movies that all won the Instagram poll that we put up every single weekend. Uh, so, John, what was the movie that won for you this week? Oh, well, Spencer, we had um, a kind of a classic animated slash uh, live action film by Robert Zemeckis, who just made an appearance in Mainstream Boy. Uh, but it was... Who Framed Roger Rabbit from 1988. What did it beat uh, Like Crazy with uh, fucking Felicity Jones? So Yeah, I think it was a pretty obvious 
yeah i knew this one to win on that one yeah it was kind of a landslide as well but um, that's okay very cool very nice hadn't seen it so it's definitely worth the watch i think so nate what was the one that won for you oh i had movies this week i think so i did watch a movie for the end of the podcast nate do you want to die Damn it! I was oh, like, boy. "Shit!" We're, we're, I said <laughs> um, uh, after oh. hours, Martin Scorsese. Oh, we'll, we'll get it's into it. I, I have some. I have some thoughts. No, like, I, I don't know how you guys felt, but I felt a particular way about it. Interesting. I also yeah. have some thoughts on after hours. Um, yeah. And my movie something. was The Life Aquatic with Steve Zazu, a little Wes Anderson film. Um, I usually toss it to either John or Nate, and John gets really personal if I if I don't go to him. <clears throat> so this time, I think I'm just going to put the ball in my court, and I'm going to volunteer the Life Aquatic with Steve Zazu. If you guys Thank want to just put that you. one up there first. Well, Thank I did, however, just finish this movie about 25 minutes ago. So uh, okay, fair enough. Okay, so let's good. get into it. All right. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, this is directed by Wes Anderson. And I used to not like him. I think Moonrise Kingdom was like one of the first movies I watched from him. I'm like, nope, not my style. But as time has gone on, I've watched some of his other movies and I've really connected with a couple of his other ones. And I do really like his style. It's very interesting and unique, but I had not seen this one. And I know that you guys hadn't seen it either. And uh, it's got some like really good reviews on IMDb, 7.3, and Metascore is six, uh, 62. Rotten Tomatoes, though, which I didn't know, is in like the 40s. I was like, really? okay, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. So wow. it kind of had okay. some low grades on Rotten Tomatoes. So the critics were a little split on it, but the audience seemed kind of high. Letterboxd also, like 3.8. Um, but basically the movie follows. It's like with the plan to exact revenge on a mythical shark that killed his partner, oceanographer Steve Zazu, played by Bill Murray, rallies a crew that includes his estranged wife, a journalist, and a man who may or may not be his son, <laughs> and that's played by Owen Wilson. Wow. Um, wow. And so, yeah, I mean, it was like aquatic it sounded kind of interesting Wes Anderson with his style of the all-star cast Bill Murray Owen Wilson Angelica Houston Willem Dafoe Jeff Goldblum Michael Gambon who obviously is Dumbledore sounded interesting I really was looking forward to it John you just finished it what did you think man so you know my history with Wes Anderson where I just have shit on his style for I have not seen Grand Budapest Hotel. I the last movie I saw of his, I was driving in a car while I was a passenger in a car watching Isle of Dogs, driving back from Toronto to Maine. So I had a lot of movies to watch, and that was have one you of seen them. the Royal Tenenbaums? No, I'm okay. not. But you should probably. I really like Isle of Dogs. I I think that he just has a very unique style of filmmaking, unlike anything I've really ever seen. It's it's very quirky. You know, if you if you don't like quirky, if you don't like the show New Girl, you might not be into this. Um, what <laughs> not even the same oh my it's, god it's not the same kind of quirky you it's get where i'm going though not really it's, it's very no, it's that's why we're it's, calling it's, you. it's it's just it's a word that has many meanings but uh sure. he has a, he has a way of he loves his centered shots and he loves his color palette and kind of doing this primary stop colors only baby dial yeah but he does make really really fun characters layered characters that are really funny and also you know can be dramatic and uh, very conflicted and he's able to really make this an insanely fun movie with dramatic it's it's adventurous and like it turns into captain phillips for a minute there i mean it's i thought it was fucking crazy fun dude i really did oh, and i wow. it makes me want to check out his other movies i i know that they're different like they're not all the same but 
that they comes follow to a similar style. So um, it does come to a surprise with me because yeah, no, you're not really familiar with Wes Anderson, and we both watched Moonrise Kingdom, and that was like our first like ever time like seeing a movie from Wes Anderson. Yeah, and, and obviously I've got, I've gone on and watched other movies, and Nate, I think you've watched uh, a handful of other ones, and you've been like hit five remiss. or six of them. Yeah, yeah. And some of them I know that you really like, and some you're just like, eh. Uh, this one I can already tell. What? Really? How do you feel about this one? I'm under, eh. I'm under, ugh. Okay. Because I went in so excited. Because that sure. description that you gave is not the movie I watched. It was set up to be this awesome, like, adventure type, try and find this shark that killed his partner, and all it was was just a... Kind of a, a boring, emotionless character study about a, someone I didn't care about <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah, like, y- you get introduced to this Steve Sisu, and I just, I'm kind of off the back, I don't really like him. And yes. normally there's, like, character development, you meet the character, you learn about him, he has a rise and fall, and then comes back. Well, in this, it's like, we're supposed to already know who this guy is. And the style didn't help either. It's just, I don't like the symmetricalness. It's like, I just, it wasn't for me. I was, yeah, because yeah. I was also looking forward to checking this one out, especially because uh, it had some good reviews, especially with the audiences and on IMDb. But yeah, I was very let down with this as well, mainly because it was just, it was boring. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't that interesting. And it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely chuckled a handful of times, and I found some scenes really entertaining. I mean, the whole... Yeah, like the Captain Phillips scene was hilarious of him just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to just like attack them. There was, it was just so one time that I blue. laughed. He said yeah, something was... like, oh, I'm going to hit you in the head with this or something. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then that was it. You didn't laugh when they were like, okay, when he was like, hey, uh, throw the keys into the ocean for that boat. Oh, wait, they might have another set. All right, just blow it up. He does have that like sense of humor, the, the dry sense of humor that I do laugh. Like, Royal Tenenbaums, it makes me laugh every time I watch it. I think I've seen it four times. Every single time I laugh at something, just this dry, witty humor is something that I really like. And it wasn't too prevalent in this movie. It's definitely like it's a taste of it. And like, I mean, like, yeah, the one scene like when the, the Jeff Goldblum's character shows up after they get raided by the pirates and they have that dead body. And then they're just like, uh... Yeah, just toss it over there. <laughs> They're about to do this like amazing like like celebration for the the body, and then the second Jeff Goldblum yeah. shows up. Uh, Is that my it. cappuccino <laughs> machine? Uh, I, Grand, I don't know. Grand I, Budapest I, Hotel is the one to watch if you want to watch a great Wes Anderson movie because that dry movie. humor, like where um someone pu- punches ray fines and then the the lobby boy punches that guy and then it does an over the shoulder of him getting punched that's funny just some of the stupid like the way he uses the cuts in this it was just drawn out like character story that i didn't like ned just gets thrown in there he's just shows up hey uh you might be yeah. my father. I was like, I didn't like his. I didn't huh? like Owen Wilson's character in the movie. Like, I he liked Kingsley, but I didn't like Ned. Yeah, yeah. But I love, and this is John's gonna hate me for this, but I love Kate Blanchett all the time. So like, she's basically one and a half stars out of this. The other two, the other part of the star is when the credits started. And I was like, oh, okay. let me let me let me let me interject here because I I am an, honestly in utter shock. I really did not. I, I really like this movie, and I that's awesome. I, okay, especially Kate Planchette. 
Okay. Uh, I good. swear she was the <laughs> most charming, critic. endearing reporter in this movie. It, it it I think I look at Kate Blanchett and the movies I've seen her in, she's just kind of a bitch and like she's supposed to be unlikable and maybe it's just the way Woody Allen directs his characters, but the way that Wes Anderson directed Bill Murray's character made me fucking hate the guy. So if this was the first movie I saw with Bill Murray, I probably wouldn't like him as an actor. And also you have to appreciate the style that he goes into when they they create this entire boat out of a set and then they cut between that there were so many like one takes that would go from room to room to room and i thought oh, it that was, was an really open cool. set yeah, yeah exactly it was great and, and then i went back to the to the real life setting and i thought that was so interesting and i no doubt i do and by any means hate like the cinematography is to be applauded because this is he's the only person that i think can pull this off for him, I think it needs to be a good story for me to like it because I loved Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel. Love Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest Hotel was essentially the same type of movie that this was. Mm-hmm. I just I think the story and the perform and the performances were just better yeah. in that one. Yeah, I think that one was pulled off just a little bit stronger in the comedy, especially. Yeah, I mean, I laughed out loud so many times in Grand Budapest Hotel. I just ch- kind of chuckled here. And, um, and Royal Tenenbaums I, yeah. is good too. Like it's that one's not my favorite one, but the quirkiness is done right. But like I didn't like Rushmore. I I borderline despised Rushmore when I watched it. And then, then like Isle of Dogs, Fantastic Mr. Fox, those are just kind of middle of the road. They're good movies. You can watch them and have a good time. But yeah, this one just and, and it might have had something to do with the fact that I woke up in the morning and I was like, ah, I'm gonna watch this. I said emotionless earlier, and I just think his movies need some sort of emotion. These guys just, like, interact with each other in the same tone, and then they go to the next scene. I think it's because I just am a fan of his other movies. I was expecting to like this one more than I did. I mean, to my surprise, John, I thought you were going to hate this as well. I was like, especially watching this, I'm like, yeah, I guarantee this was just kind of a dud for this week, because... It was just, it was slow. It was, it was kind of just boring. It wasn't that interesting. Uh, Nothing eventful, except for like the gun shooting and stuff. But that was only like five or 10 minutes in an almost two hour movie. But I do think that it had enough like chuckles for me to get through it. And uh, I, the style I did really like, I, lo- I did really enjoy the cinematography. Yeah, it just, it wasn't my, it, it is probably one of my least favorite of Wes Anderson's, um, but I'm not going to grade it yet. Nate just. You know, rip the bandaid off. What what you got? I give it a two out of five, and the two is very generous. I would think. I did think Kate Blanchett was awesome. I didn't think Owen Wilson was that bad. He didn't say wow. I know. He didn't. I was waiting. I was the whole movie. I was waiting and waiting, and waiting. It never, it never really came up. So, but every, everyone else was just kind of under the radar. Um, I did like Angelica Houston. I thought she was kind of a cool little wild card. Yeah. Even Willem Dafoe, he was just kind of... I thought this his character was going to be this tough Russian guy, but oh, now he was just Willem kind of a little wussy. He was my favorite character um, in the movie. I did, I did like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> but then, made me laugh a few times. every, like, even the, the uh, like, interns or whatever, that guy that's on, like, CSI or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. he like, was Wes Anderson's actual He's... assistant during the uh, this movie. Oh, really? And yeah. And like, co-wrote some stuff, yeah. But, yeah, it was just... Eh, it... Give or take, whatever. If if I ever if I ever feel the need to like go back and try and watch it, I might appreciate it more. But okay. uh, you're expecting this adventure shark movie, and you barely even see it. So it's more about yeah. the characters, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So I completely disagree with you guys. This this movie came out of left field. It fully surprised me because I went in, 
I had very low expectations, but I thought the the concept sounded fun. I like movies that take place on the water. You know, I, I'm a marine life guy. Maybe in another life, I'd be a, a diver or something like that. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that was cute. He saves the little crayon seahorse in the beginning of the movie. That was adorable. You know, one of the good deeds he did throughout the film. But I think that I just love Wes Anderson's style. I think he did build some very um, complex characters with this movie. And you do get the kind of the love story that's conflicted with... Uh, with Bill Murray's character, with Camp Blanchett, and Owen Wilson's character, and I just think they do a lot of funny things. I love how he treats the interns, uh, especially in the scene when they steal all of Jeff Goldblum's shit. I don't know. I just think the movie surprised me in so many ways that I didn't expect, and okay. that's why I'm gonna give this a four and a half out of five. I almost Holy gave it a five shit. out of five. Oh, God, I dude. genuinely Fantastic. really, really like this movie, and I would rewatch okay. it. That's it's awesome. my favorite Buzz Anderson movie. Really liked it. I highly so. suggest checking out Grand Budapest Hotel and The World's End of Bumps. And if you like that one, I'm curious to even see where you go with the other ones. Maybe you don't like those as much. But uh, no. that's interesting. Um, I am going lower but higher than Nate. I'm going to go two and a half out of five. It Damn. didn't get the fresh for me. I, I think I still got to see uh, Bottle Rocket. Yep. And I think there's one other one that I need to see that he has done. Oh, with the Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I've heard um, that's not. Did you guys the best? I almost another shed one a tear when he when they saw the shark. No, I was like, no, this I is like, what I've been waiting. I, I, I did for. like the scene, like, where they're all consoling I him. They were all like in that little pod, and like I liked, I liked the scene, and like, there was good music and stuff. And that's the other thing. I did really enjoy the soundtrack. He's always music was great. spot and on about with making the soundtrack. Movies. Oh well, I mean, yeah, it's it was just kind of a miss for me, but I'm curious. To, I'm sure I'll do a whole Wes Anderson rewatch, and uh, I'm, I bet this one I will appreciate more on a rewatch. But yeah, two and a half out of five for me so far. This one, what's his? You know, didn't meet my expectations. What's his next movie coming out? The French, the, the French Dispatch. Yeah, yeah I don't I mean, know. I am how very I'm curious to check to that one through out. That. If, I'm looking forward to that if, one. Well, I, I was too, but like, if it's going to be like three hours of his dry humor, I'm just not going to be able to It's an to hour and it. 40 minutes. Really? So it's not, yeah, it's not too bad. How and come I saw like cast. something that it was like a three hour film, it was going to be released in two that was, parts? Yeah, yeah, that was just a rumor. That was just a clickbait kind of thing. Oh, well, yeah, that it saves wrong. it then. But Why don't we shake the ants out of our pants and move on to a Robert Zemeckis film from 1988? With Bob Hoskins, Christopher Lloyd, Joanna Cassidy, Charles Flesher, a couple other people in there. You guys uh, going to this movie. You guys have never seen it before. I was kind of surprised. It's a pretty well-known film overall in pop culture. It's a tune star Roger is worried that his wife Jessica is playing patty cake with someone else. So the studio hires Detective Eddie <laughs> Valiant to stoop on her. But the stakes are quickly raised when Marvin Acme is found dead and Roger is the prime suspect. I've never seen Space Jam. Have you guys seen Space Jam? No. No. No? I, I haven't. Okay. A, lot, a lot of people you talk to in any setting would be like, what the fuck, you haven't seen Space Jam? It's one of the most I've... popular ones that I haven't seen still. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody knows who Jessica Rabbit is. I never knew anything about this plot. I was very surprised with this movie. I had a lot of fun with it, but I kind of want to hear your initial thoughts, uh, Spencer, on this one, growing up without cartoons in your life. Well, that's not true. I watched Arthur. I watched Clifford the Big Red Dog. This is like uh, this Recess. is like 80s cartoons though. You didn't have you didn't have Looney Tunes. You didn't watch like Porky Pig and shit. I used to yeah, stay up late couple. at night and watch all the bad stuff. Yeah, after I used midnight. to watch some Bugs Bunny shit, you know. Oh. All, right, all right, fair enough. Hunting rabbits. Oh, Spencer God, and I rabbits. actually watched this uh Disney Plus in a group thing, so we were watching it at the exact same time and we were texting back and forth. So that was kind of a fun experience, but uh It was cute. 
It was a yeah, new was feature that Disney Plus just added that you know they had no marketing about. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, we can do this. Um, right. No, this one like it started off with that uh, like intro animation, and like for a second I'm like, wait, is this an animated movie? I kind of forgot that there was going to be this whole live action like film noir component to it. It was so chaotic and so stressful. <laughs> this like, I mean, what was he doing again? He was just trying to like help his baby or something. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was trying to get a cookie, and then all I was of just like, it was a rat shit happens. Fuck is going on with this movie? And then. Once it gets into this like film noir detective story mixed with, and they live in the same world as these like classic cartoon characters from like 20th Century Fox to Disney, it was really interesting the merge between all of that, uh, and then also have this like detective story. So it was jarring, but once it gets going, it is so much fun. Like I honestly had a blast watching this movie. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you on that. Um, I I didn't expect this one, but yeah, it, it they literally just throw cartoon characters in there with real life people, and they really make it work. It, it's interesting how they're how they kind of intertwine the two societies together, Toontown and the real life thing, and and I think the story is is actually really fun as well. So, uh, what did you think, Nate? Uh, th- this movie was labeled as PG, right? Yes. This Maybe. movie should not have been PG. <laughs> it was pretty dark at times. I agree yeah, with you. It was dark and it was acid. dirty. Like when uh the detective Valiant he like picks yeah. his head up and hits it under Jessica's boobs. Or yeah. <laughs> um when the weasel reaches into her dress and pulls out a bomb. I'm like, oh my god, like kids were watching this back in the day and being like, Oh my god, like this one was fun. Like it was nice to be able to just, I guess, look at a movie through a kid's eyes again, seeing these yeah. cartoons. Uh, like when he walks into that club and you see uh, Daffy and Donald on stage and they're playing. When I saw Donald, I just got a grin on my face because I always used to oh, watch not Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, but there was uh, Mickey's House of Mouse, which was like. Mm-hmm. All the I remember that show. All the cartoons would sit at tables at like this theater, and they would show shorts. I just remember like sitting at my grandmother's house, just watching this show kind of thing, seeing all these tunes. Um, so it was really cool to see like Bugs Bunny and all of these different references. And they just accepted the fact that it was gonna be goofy. It was gonna be over the top. And it just worked. Like, the guy who played Eddie Valiant, he was perfect for this. Like, he emoted. When he danced, it was just funny. And it was good to see Christopher Lloyd not as Doc Brown. Like, it was cool seeing him in something else that I think it was kind of underrated. He was creepy. I was like, who the heck is this Judge Doom guy and his fake teeth? Can you imagine being a kid and seeing that scene with uh, him taking that cartoon shoe? And, oh my like, god, it that was the awful. acid. And I, like, screaming my heart as it was... broke. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was really dark and sad. It was like the Black Cauldron. That Disney literally, movie that was very you literally depressing. Pause the movie and you text me. This is scary. <laughs> but this in that moment, awful. I was like, "Yeah, it is. This is awful." <laughs> but, but this the scene like where... Nate said. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just say just like Nate said, where this is, shouldn't be PG because. 
you know, they're they're killing tunes. They're literally like boiling them alive and, and murdering most of the movies. Yeah, but it's nineteen eighty eight. People weren't that sensitive back then as they are. To the today. sexual stuff too, because they're literally just like gazing over Jessica Rabbit, who I mean, so was I, but um <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a very overly sexualized plot for children too, but I'm sure it went over a six year old's head at the time, obviously. And the whole Christopher Lloyd transition at the end, um, that's I've seen that on like Watch Mojo lists is like top 10 scariest scenes in non-horror films and like for a kid at that time where you see the red eyes and his voice gets really high pitched that would freak you out and he has like a saw blade coming out of his hand like oh my god and like you guys said with boiling the tunes oh like i i cringed watching it because i could just imagine what that was doing to the tune and I just yeah. I felt the pain, but <laughs> I, 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 I felt realistic. it. Like I'm, I'm. Sure. I, I think enjoyed, the great. I think I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I did. It, it huh. doesn't just go for like, hey, there's tunes alongside real life people. They actually have the real life people interact with not only the tunes but like their props and stuff. Sure, That's like cool. he had the uh, the pistol and he had like every oh little God, bullet. Yeah. The Yosemite Sam yeah. bullet. The scene when they go to uh, I think Toontown or Toonville, what, what I forget what they call it. Toontown, yeah. Something like that, yeah. And it's all animated. It's all green screen. And he's just interacting with everyone. That scene is amazing. And the Mm -hmm. visual effects, I mean, it won three Oscars. I mean, really? It won all three. It It was nominated for Best Cinematography. Oh. Um, And it was so deserving because it looked amazing. And I loved it that when he was in uh toontown his gun was animated but when like the tunes were in the like uh his office like they were real fake, guns were, the, the guns were real for, yeah like, them. i noticed that so too funny. <laughs> it's like what is that and it's like the bullets were all good. fake yeah it was exactly like you guys said this is just so much fun and it's very nostalgic and interesting because all three of us haven't seen it yet we all still feel that like nostalgia because of how much they intertwine these classic characters that we all know like donald duck mickey Bugs Bunny. Was in the movie. <laughs> uh, Droopy Dog was in the Droopy. movie. Yeah, Droopy's in yeah, it. Yeah, Droopy Dog. <laughs> Going uh, up, sir. And so many cameos. I mean, this must have been so much fun for these people to work on this. Because it's Steven Spielberg. It's a hell of a time. Production. I'm, I'm comparing how I felt during this movie is to when we watched The Rocketeer. I got got that kind of childhood whimsical feeling of like a classic Disney type movie. And it just it, it worked through and through. Like Spencer said with the animation and you just, these characters were so goofy and by the books and it had so many like kind of like twists and turns, but they were so obvious. They didn't try to hide it or anything. It was like all mm-hmm. the answers were right there. You just had to kind of piece it together, but right. it, it was just goofy and wacky. Like I knew this movie wasn't going to be PG when they were giving Roger Rabbit whiskey yeah like, what and then yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. you better to drink this no drink this no you don't want to drink it yes i do <laughs> he, t- he took that and ma- he's like i told you i want to drink and i'll drink it <laughs> valiant's like okay i was like oh that was a riot because he's standing in the back in the hidden room and he's shaking and they're like roger don't and he's shaking 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 <laughs> because yeah, they're they making that jingle the tunes have so much personality. They really like each every single one of them has their own thing. Especially Roger, he's just a freaking like crazy maniac rabbit. And Jessica is like, damn, holy shit! Like I, I would, would love to hang out with her. Dude, one of my um, favorite scenes. Oh my god, was... cake. 
was when yeah. they were driving that yellow car. The and, cab, uh, yeah. And it, yeah, the mm-hmm. cab. And it, yeah. obviously the cab can emote because it has a face. It's a cartoon. And they crash it and they leave it. And then this other car pulls up. He's like, hey, you okay? And he's like, oh, man. They left in. here. And he gets up, walks <laughs> into hands, gets into the driver's seat and drives the other car. <laughs> it's like, he goes, what the fuck is this There's movie? so much creativity at the time. It's dude. amazing. These, these, these yeah. uh, animators were just so talented so creative and it's you don't see that anymore with, frank sinatra's with in this movie he is he is voices he really? uh the singing sword oh, okay oh, okay yep, they, sure. they even get his facial features right and it's it's exactly oh, frank cool. sinatra i missed that Damn. i laughed during that scene I because he sword, pulls out right? he pulled uh, i don't remember what doom had in his hand but i'm like ooh, singing sword he whipped that <laughs> thing out and it started going all sinatra and i started laughing i was like no way <laughs> no way that i'm laughing at this right now but that just adds to the nostalgia like oh if i was a kid i probably would have laughed at that too so it's but now now we knew it was like frank sinatra and stuff so that's the cool thing about going back and seeing these types of movies because you can you have got enough recognition about pop culture and meta things that you can start to go oh my god i didn't know that when i was a kid but that's frank sinatra and that's someone who voices la di like all these things and it was just it was fun the more i talk about it the more i like it yeah i i really liked the guy that they cast uh bob hoskins he was perfect for this movie i mm-hmm. think um because i hadn't really seen him in too many other roles i mean if i have they've kind of gone under the radar yeah i mean he really hasn't been in a whole lot Anyways, yeah, uh, I'm going to give this one a 4 out of 5. I think this is a great movie, and this is one that I am really looking forward to just kind of rewatching every now and then, uh, maybe every other year or so, because uh, it's just one of those movies I can see myself putting on like late at night just to pass the time, fall asleep to. It's just a great fucking movie, and it's it's a lot of fun. As we've been talking about it, I'm upping the grade from a 4 out of 5. To a four and a half out of five. Nice. This, no, you you can just do so much with these cartoons, and they and they don't stray from the roots at all. They they go balls to the wall. They you know, what's the main guy? Sorry, what's his name? Eddie again? Valiant. Even the the yeah the the main the backstory with him and how a tune dropped a piano on his brother's head, and then that's always the conflict he has with the tunes. It's like it's so creative the way from they weave together stories. Like, can you imagine what that body looked oh, like? Oh, God. What a fucking... Piano on his head. Oh, boy. It's like dropping a rock on a tomato. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That was really um, funny, though, that like most of the deaths that got reported were pianos falling on people's heads. Yeah, yeah and they <laughs> like, always were just funny. the corner, just by <laughs> yeah. the head, so you can imagine that. And whenever the the whatever happened to a character, the ghost would just... It, it yeah, still yeah, had yeah. that it childhood bit there. of it, just like the oh, scene when he was spying on them first doing the patty cake. It was so fucking weird. It's so <laughs> funny though. It's so self-aware oh, though. Look, and it, it, it is totally just take. It doesn't notes. take itself seriously. It's exactly what you'd expect with this type of thing. And I just love how into it uh, the actors are. Like they take it. You know, they they just give it their all in every single scene. And they had, clearly are having so much fun. I can imagine being on set for this would have been just a, just a great time and lots of laughs and stuff. But, um, and I would have loved to see this in the eighties, like as a kid who kind of grew up with this type of, with the Looney Tunes and stuff, this must've been an absolute riot to watch. So I really liked it. And like Spencer said, this is a great late night movie. Just throw it on and turn your mind off. And it's a great time. So I'd give it a four out of five. I think it's, it's a really really well put together film that okay yeah it's on disney plus so if you haven't seen it i think 
you will really like it. And it's got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.7 IMDb. I mean, it's it's got some great reviews, and it's it still holds up. One, One of those movies later. you should definitely have in your filmography if you haven't seen it. So. How about you, Nate? Didn't you have a movie this week, I think? Like, I uh... Did I? I, I believe you did. I did watch a movie that won in the poll for, for you, yes. I watched oh, it right before Life watched Aquatic. It too, right? Oh, you're talking about this, The Woman uh, Under the Influence. Scorsese? Scorsese? Oh, fucking Scorsese. After Hours. Never heard of this movie. And that's the thing with Martin Scorsese is I'm finding all these m- random movies. I'm like, I didn't know he directed that. Like, Alice, Alice doesn't live doesn't here look anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mean Streets. Freaking another. There's another one that I've seen on Netflix before um, with Harvey Keitel in it. But uh, yeah, so I was just like, After Hours, it's a guy's head on top of a clock getting pulled by women's fingers. What what's yep, this movie? Oh my goodness, um, that's the poster I'm looking at. But uh, yeah, it's about an ordinary word processor or a man, not the actual processor, but um, has the worst night of his life after he agrees to visit a girl in Soho, whom he met that evening at a coffee shop. The definition oh, yeah. of worst night ever. The worst twelve hours, like even worse than the purge. It could have been worse. This I don't know, dude. Like, I mean, those scenarios. I, I, I can't look at paper mache ever again after this <laughs> yeah, movie because right. I'm going to be pretty awful. But. I'm going to be looking at every statue, just like is there eyes in there? Like freaking out over that. But wasn't what I was expecting from like the description a little bit better than what I was expecting. Um, but it took a it took a different approach with some odd humor in some places. Spencer, hello. I saw somewhere that this is supposed to be like a comedy of sorts. Yeah. What What do you think about that? Like, what was your take from this movie? Yeah. Uh, I. It was funny. I mean, at, at times, I definitely. I I feel like it's only funny because like, it gets to a point where it's like you don't know what to do but just to laugh because it's like, how many situations is this guy going to get thrown at? Like, he just wants to go home and go to bed. <laughs> like, and he says that's that. all so he tired. wants to do. He's exhausted. He had a fucking boring-ass day as a word processor. He gets this opportunity to, you know, go meet this girl, maybe connect, and things didn't, like, you know. Maybe do the bango bango. And he tries to leave and tries to go home, but, you know, has no money. And it's just constantly just like... What else can we throw at this guy in like the darkness uh, of the night of New York City and all these characters that he's going to meet and all like what what's next? And it was fascinating and it was stressful, chaotic. And I honestly did have a blast with this movie as well because I just didn't expect it. Like I, I didn't know where this movie was going to go, but this movie is so fast paced. And that has to do with Michael Ballhaus' cinematography. Like, the camera movement is mm-hmm. so fast-paced. It's so, like, we do so many dolly pans. Like it's very snappy. We're, we're going, yeah. And, like, zoom, like, zoom-ins and stuff like that. And mixed with the editing and, like, just the chaos of the story, it makes for a very fast watch. And it's um, it was very entertaining. And it's only a little bit over an hour and a half, I think. Like it, And I was kind of surprised when I see Scorsese. I'm like, minutes. really? Okay, that, yeah, exactly, and it, it's and it, it works for this movie. It did not it did not need to be any longer, but 
I think of it like the concept of this film. Imagine it in modern day and how he could have gotten out of these scenarios. Like, oh, in modern so day, easily. this movie's uncut gems. It's one hundred percent. Well, it's also he could just get a fucking so Uber stressful. and be fine. He could use a damn credit card and he's oh my twenty bucks is gone. Well, I have ninety seven cents. Oh, they changed the price of the subway. Well, all right, I guess it's all those other conflict needs. There was a nice, there was a, it was like a clear cut. Like his his day was actually going pretty good. He like met this girl, dude. All, he, he was getting ready to, to him. Yeah, he was getting ready to like go have the night of his life. It was ten and the, the tw- and, and the twenty dollar bill just flew out the window. And to you be go. Fair, though, he kind of oh, no. himself. Like he, he definitely made some decisions that were his own doing. Just like oh, hundred percent, leaving that girl well, yeah. behind. Like he, she was a little nuts, but he could have stuck around and kind of saw it through. He didn't. And, yeah, but yeah, she was a was stranger. Like, so was he? well, yeah, but like he's not committed to stay there. He just met her. If she's having a freak out, I think he has the right to leave. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not his fault. Everything that happened, but you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the movie was just so chaotic, so fun. It definitely wasn't to the point of uh, Uncut Gems, which I didn't like, but this one was definitely more lighthearted, even though it did have some, some dark elements to it. Um, but just just a different change of pace from Martin Scorsese. It still kind of has that inner city feel to it uh, that he's that he's known for, but I, I just had a great time with it. I was surprised that it's not like the kind of comedy that you're like laughing at, but you're just kind of enjoying the scenarios that are taking place. You can't help but just kind of smile at it for the most part i mean um, I, I i definitely did chuckle when like he was being blamed for all yeah, yeah, people yeah. were chasing him uh and like that woman was putting up signs of his face and then he was like hiding up on that fire escape and like he sees like this wife murder her husband and he's like i'm probably gonna get blamed oh yeah that, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, scene it was, was really so funny. random yeah, yeah but yeah, i was just was... like yeah i mean he probably will <laughs> i was like I, I... at that scene i was like seriously <laughs> like, and oh like he got he gets put in that paper mache like uh in, like he gets like encased in that, and then Cheech and Chong are like the fucking people that are stealing everything in the in the in the city, which is hilarious. And the one thing that he like tries to stop them from stealing is they I weren't mean. actually stealing; like they, <laughs> they legally acquired like it. They yeah. So yeah. it was, but the, Scorsese could make this movie thirty different ways, and it would still be great because you can just throw in any any random scenario that might have happened on the New York street yeah. and just tie them all together. Like when I, I saw Catherine know. O'Hara, Oh my God, her character looks like a nutcase. And then the whole scene where she's like saying the phone numbers as he's trying to dial them. I'm like, Oh my God, this person is so annoying. <laughs> and I just felt yeah. this character. Like I'm just trying to go home. Can you let me make this phone call, please? What? I'm trying to help. I love the scenes of him just like, just trying to get like trying to get into the club and when he also like when he's in the subway and he kind of jumps over the railing and then the cop is instantly right there and he's like oh you know i, I would never do this before uh this is just a one, once in a lifetime scenario this never happened i'll, I'll just go i'll just go the, the, the price yeah. went up and that, that that's that's the train that's, that's the one that i'm missing right now oh, okay bye yeah yeah Griffin really Dunn is the lead he, he was he great this in this great. in this movie uh american werewolf yeah, no, that's that's where he was. Uh, exactly. I was wondering where I had seen his face, and that's. I recognize the name. Like I've heard okay. Griffin Dunn from like documentaries and stuff. So I was like, "Who is yeah. that?" And then it made that click. Yeah, he was really good. Um, and this movie, yeah, it's just it was so unexpected and intense and and crazy and just honestly like a lot of fun. And it it really did remind me of Uncut Gems and just how chaotic it was. And also another one of Scorsese's films, um Bringing Out the Dead, is that what it's called? 
Oh the yeah, Nicholas Cage. Uh, yes. Nicholas yeah. Cage is an ambulance driver, and it's mm-hmm. like just that like was so dark. But yeah, actually, that one wasn't bad if I remember that correctly. I liked it a little bit. Yeah, it was. It was definitely interesting and um, a little different Trisha from Arquette. Scorsese's filmography, and this one was too. I mean, it kind of also reminded me of King of Comedy a little bit too, just <sighs> with the dark humor. I think I, I like King of Comedy movie. just a little bit more than this, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, this one is very solid. It's another great Martin Scorsese film. Uh, it's shot extremely well i love the cinematography the night it's all shot at night it's it was worth it it's it's a lot of fun so i'm giving this one a four out of five this is um one of uh martin scorsese's films that have kind of slipped under the radar that's definitely worth it and i'm glad that i finally checked it out yeah i'm with you guys i think overall this movie is just a hell of a good time it's uh the conflict that this guy has to deal with is is exhilarating adventures it's it's hilarious and just uh you feel for this guy just trying to get home just go to bed and live his mundane life that he's used to and i i also like the movie does go full circle with the with the final scene as well it's kind of funny how he walks in after that night but yeah it, it's just it's just a good it's just a good time and i it's it's not your typical martin scorsese film There was a siren, so I, I was just gonna wait a second. Yeah, people died in my in my neighborhood. Uh, but yeah, I think it was just it was just a good time overall. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, under the radar Scorsese film, I would give it a four and a half as well, or a four out of five as well. I think uh, you guys up my grade a little bit. Originally at a three and a half, but I I feel like I enjoy these obscure Scorsese movies more than his mainstream ones. Like, sure, The Departed is amazing. The Irishman, really good. Taxi Driver, really good movie. Hugo was great. But these ones, they're just like a different side of Scorsese where they're not the most... Like, they're well-known actors and stuff, but they're not the most high Mm. A-list actors in these ones. Like, one that I enjoyed a lot was uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. I thought that was a great movie with Ellen Burstyn and Chris Christopherson. What a name. Um, but, oh, man, he's a legend. But, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know what to expect, and it was so easy to watch because the pace was so fast. It kept you on your toes. You didn't know where he was going to end up. And just all these weird, wacky characters. And I did... The only reason that it wasn't a 5 out of 5 for me, really, was because it felt very almost too situational like to oh we're just gonna go to this random situation and oh it randomly connects didn't feel as organic it's very coincidental kind of forced a little mm-hmm. bit yeah, um, but that was but yeah, yeah. That but that was, was like, that really, seemed like very forced yeah, yeah i agree yeah. but that was really it just because his performance was great very erratic and just something about dark late night new york is just easy to watch and just the way this movie rounded off was just perfect. It was just like, yep, that's that's how this should end. That's mm. how it should end. Um, but yeah, I borderline loved this movie to death. So I'm giving it a four and a half out of five. Martin Scorsese, your cinema is impressive. I gotta say, but I, didn't I expect, still love uh, Marvel. I didn't expect you guys to the grades to go this way tonight especially with the first film i i really thought i was going to be in that yeah movie. we don't need to talk about that one anymore four and then another four that was Fucking... a pretty solid week i mean i just i mean i really wish i could have gotten the life aquatic up to a four but i think i just it might be one of those movies i need to just rewatch 
Um, at like or, a swimming pool. I don't know. Like I, I said just, before, yeah, I think you guys both had ants in your pants when you watched interesting it. To me. Mm-hmm. No, it, I, I checked the story it out. Is I was very really layered and very interesting and very good. So I, I it disagree. Like I said, I just I could have been just too much of a fan of Wes Anderson and liked his other movies that I was like expecting the same, and this one it wasn't. So is it because yeah. they left Cody behind? I did. Oh, I did. That sucked. I, I thought uh, they were gonna go back and get him like a little quick cut, and they're like, "Okay, get in," and then they go. That would have been funny. Well. I don't <laughs> normally would like chuckle at a scene like this, but just the way it was handled, it was pretty funny. When Jeff Goldblum did get, up, I was like, "What's your dog's name?" Cody. Cody. <laughs> Cody. Be yeah. still. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, <me> still. What? <laughs> Poor dog. But it was, I didn't oh, like man. that part, but I liked how we just like looked down at him. He's like, "Cody, it's Cody." <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, those were the uh, this week's films. Uh, After Hours, HBO Max, Life Aquatic on That's Amazon a weird movie. Prime, and Who Framed oh. Roger Rabbit on Disney Plus. You guys can all go and check those movies out on streaming sites if you have them. Uh, they're worth it. We're checking out, except for Life Aquatic. Yeah, I right. highly disagree, you and you one. should listen to Mainstream Boy this time around, boys. No. Okay, okay. so uh, that was this week's films. Uh, what are we watching for next week's films? John, you got your picks? I do, Spencer. Thanks for asking. Um, I kind of forgot. I, I kind of forgot about that pause. I was like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I have Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, classic action thriller or something. I think I'm just guessing because it's him holding a gun and there's a grenade on the poster and something. With Jamie Lee so. Curtis. Yep. Uh, yeah, James Cameron's mm-hmm. True Lies, 1994. Why the hell not? And that's okay. going to go up against Robert Zemeckis' Romancing the Stone. All right. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, my picks, uh, I'm going to pick... I've heard this one is pretty good. I don't know too much about it, but I know that Hulu made a TV show uh, about this uh, movie, but it's a uh, high fidelity. Oh, Jack I've seen Zach I've seen some of the show. I've heard <laughs> of it. Yeah, it works at a record store. I don't know. I've heard it's pretty good. I'd be curious to check that one out. And the one I'm going to put it up against is one that someone actually suggested us doing for an episode oh. back like seven months ago, and we just ignored it. Um, but it is a time to kill. Master uh-huh. McConaughey, Sandra Bullock, Samuel Jackson. Oh, that about was the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, I have it right here on Just Watch. Yeah, okay. it's no, one of the I've recommended. Yeah, I'm down. Not. Yeah, Joel Yeah, I've heard it's it. an intense movie. No, no, it's I've a heard good it's cast. one of his best. Yeah, I've, it's very fresh. I think it won some Oscars as well. Um, I've heard it's good. So, uh, kind of heavy, but a time to kill in high fidelity. So, uh, if you guys want to vote, which. Uh, mood you want to put us in for next week for my picks that would be very helpful at those movie dudes on instagram very classic oh, yeah. poster uh 90s poster for a time to kill oh, yeah. where it's like the three of them like are just book. looking off into the distance and it's their headshots <laughs> yeah like the, i'm looking at the poster for a movie double jeopardy and it's basically doing the same exact thing except oh, like, coming of out of like oh, a yeah. knife so oh, it's just <laughs> like you're the client with his back towards the camera just slowly looking over his shoulder yeah. Like literally, there's so, so the many of these. Photographer for every single exactly. movie poster for like the last ten years in the '90s. Like my the the two movies that I picked. I know I just I ruined it. I ruined okay. it right no, there. That's okay. Can we do that for now on? For please, for the love of God, because it's a but, inside joke. Okay, I don't want to talk about it. But okay, so okay, I do have movies this week. Oh, I, I broke the seal. Um, went on just watch and i was like oh these are two movies that keep popping up and i'm a big fan of the mystery thriller genre um so the first one 
1997 thriller called Kiss the Girls. Um, my dad used to talk about this movie and how it was actually really good. Hmm. Um, starred Morgan Freeman, Ashley Judd, Carrie Elways, Alex MacArthur. Ashley yeah, it's just Judd. kind of a... I haven't heard her mm-hmm. name in a while. Exactly, yeah, it's 97, <laughs> so... Damn. And then the next movie, the 1993 film, The Pelican Brief. I've oh, heard of Denzel that. Washington. Is that what, I've heard that's good. Yeah, Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, so... I feel like I've almost picked that a few times, Ooh. yeah. And the director also directed, uh, crap, the name stands out, Alan Pakula. What did he just do? We watched one of his movies recently. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, uh, no. Sophie's Choice. Yes. yes that was it. Yep. Yeah. Sophie's but Choice. he also did another one that we talked about as well. Clute. He did Clute. Clute. That's yep. right. Ugh. I'm <laughs> like Clute. All right, then. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, those are cool. uh, my films. Like so it. yeah, if you want to help decide which movies we talk about for next week's episode, go to our stories right now at those movie dudes on Instagram. Usually they're up on like a Friday to Saturday, maybe even Sunday morning, depending on when we post them. But we're gonna try to get them up earlier, the better. Uh, so go and vote, help decide what we talk about, and that would be awesome. Much appreciated. Or not, and if you don't, don't bother. Coming or not, back. because a movie will be chosen either way. Yeah, I will. I will end up watching at least three new movies this week. So if you guys want to vote, cool. If not, oh, hmm? that took a dark no, turn. I'm just but if you guys nah, want to see I'm a more kidding. positive and um, festive turn, head over to Mainstream Boy that's coming Monday, where maybe just me will be watching the new Forrest Whitaker film, Jingle Jangle: A Christmas Journey. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you saying that? Oh my god, what? <laughs> I wow! Could, I, I I think that is where myself I when I said it. Sign off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure you follow us, uh, Podbean, <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review, even if it's scathing. You know, as long as more, it's a more power to you, as long as you're honest. You fucking bastards on Stitcher, fucking Jesus. Um, and yeah, that's all for me. So thank you for listening, and doodles. I'm mainstream boy. I I like Haley Steinfeld movies. Toodles. My name is Nate. I'm a 25-year-old single male. Um, I have really long hair, but it doesn't mean anything because it's thin and I have a bad hairline. So if you don't like glares off your boyfriend's head, then I am not your guy. Um, I like long walks on the beach, but I do have to wear closed-toed shoes because the sand screws up my feet and makes it hurt really bad. And I can't walk when I wake up in the morning. And I have a dog named Douglas, and he's got Bell's palsy, and so he drools a lot. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Those Movie Dudes podcast. With the holidays right around the corner, help us wake up with a smile on Christmas morning when we open up Instagram and see our page has reached the iconic milestone of 500 followers. Make sure to tell your friends about the show and at the very least, leave a scathing review on your preferred podcast platform. Stay safe, everyone, and wash your fucking hands.